The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. What what were you saying, Whoopi? It just feels like a coup. Whoopi says it feels like a coup. It just feels like a coup. Well, you know, I guess we could say this is how it felt in 2008 and then in 2009. And, you know, that that comparison does hold some water, I believe. As as many of my friends on the left side of the aisle are trying to get through it all, trying to understand it all. And and people like Whoopi, who are career liberals just get this feeling. It just feels like a cold. They can't handle it. And I wonder, I did not watch The View today. I have to tell you, before the show today, usually we'll scan The View to see if the hot topics have any uh, audio nuggets that we can mine. Because, you know, whether it's Whoopi or Joy Behar getting outraged, some of that's darn good entertainment. It irritates you, but it's entertainment. But no, I was I was watching the Lester Holt interview again, and I you know what I'm amazed at? How much time CNN dedicated to the Lester Holt interview, an NBC product. It used to be back in the day you would not play more than a couple of seconds of something from another network. But last night at nine o'clock, I. I happened to flip on to uh, CNN to see what Anderson Cooper was going to be up to. And they were playing about three minutes of the Lester Holt, Donald Trump interview without interrupting it. And all I could think of was, Oh my God, this CNN is playing this interview without stopping it. And they finally did. And they went to talk to it a little bit about it. But there's, I want to play you a clip. It's about two minutes long, and I'm going to stop and start it to go through it and see, see if I can share some of the things in this clip that bother me, as, and they probably bother you too. You take a look at the FBI a year ago. It was in virtual turmoil less than a year ago. It hasn't recovered from that. Monday you met with the deputy. Well, well the FBI, as we learned yesterday from 
the acting director, Mr. McCabe, uh, or he was the, I'm sorry, um, the Mr. Yes, Mr. McCabe, the acting director of the FBI, that everything's fine at the FBI. Everything's okay. The agents actually liked Mr. Clapper. The staff liked the guy. So there seems to be a, a sort of a departure from reality or the truth on that. And then Lester Holt starts asking a few questions of the president. Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Right. Did you ask for recommendations? Uh, what I did is I was going to fire Comey. My decision. It was not. You had made the decision before they came. Uh, I, I was going to fire Comey. Uh, I, there's no good time to do it, by the way. Uh, they they were around. Accepted, accepted their recommendations. Yeah, well, they you also. already made the decision. I, oh, I was going to fire regardless of recommendation. So they, he made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy. Very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him. The Republicans like him. Uh, he made a recommendation. But regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. Ask you about your termination letter to Mr. Comey. You write, I greatly appreciate you informing me on three separate occasions that I am not under investigation. Why did you put that in there? Because he told me that. I mean, he told me he that. He told you weren't under investigation. Yeah, and I, I've heard that. I've heard that from others. I think. Was it in a phone call? Did you meet face uh, to face? I had a dinner with him. He wanted to have dinner because he wanted to stay on. We had a very nice dinner. He, at the he asked for the dinner. Early on. A dinner was arranged. I think he asked for the dinner. And he wanted to stay on as the FBI head. And I said, I'll, you know, consider. We'll see what happens. But uh, we had a very nice dinner. And at that time, he told me, you are not under investigation, that which was, I knew anyway. That was one meeting. What was it? What First was of all, when you're under investigation, you're giving all sorts of documents and everything. I knew I wasn't under. And I heard it was stated at the committee, at some committee level, that I wasn't. Number one. So that didn't come directly then, from Then during him. a phone call, he said it, and then during another phone call, he said it. So mm -hmm. he said it once at dinner, and then he said it twice during phone calls. Did, did you call him? Uh, in one case, I called him. In one case, he called me. One case, I called him. In one case, he called me. What I want to know is, first of all, who else was at the dinner? And we now know that it appears the White House, not the president or Comey, scheduled that dinner it, it that's the latest news is that the white house did that um and then when we talk about these phone calls i would like to know what else was discussed on those phone calls because why were those calls placed why did donald trump call the director of the fbi and why did the director of the fbi call the president wouldn't you like to know what else was discussed because i'm sure if you've had dinner and you're sitting down and you say, uh, listen, am, am I under investigation, this Russia thing, which may or may not have even been an appropriate question. Seems kind of inappropriate to me. And then you call the director of the FBI. Just uh, just want to confirm. Is that the only thing you called him for? And is that the only reason he called you? By the way, Mr. President, I forgot to tell you, you're still not under investigation. See, I have a problem here. I, I This doesn't, if I'm going to give it the Judge Judy test, if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. And this just doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't make sense. And I think, I think President Trump is starting to figure it out, too. I think President Trump is starting to feel like, 
You know, what I said about uh, Comey, he might be able to, he might be able to blow that out of the water. So then we get to today's tweets from the president. And I know some of you have seen him because you follow him. But if you follow the real Donald Trump, right? If you follow the real Donald J. Trump, you can see the, the tweets that came out early this morning. And it was Donald Trump, the first tweet this morning from Mr. Trump, which is just around the 7 o'clock hour, 6 o'clock hour. Again, the story that that there was collusion between the Russians and Trump campaign was fabricated by Dems as an excuse for losing the election. Well, that may be the case. That may be the most truthful thing the president tweeted today. And then he tweeted, the fake media is working overtime today. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's true. Then he tweeted, as a very active president with lots of things happening, it is not possible for my surrogates to stand at podium with perfect accuracy. Is anyone else scratching their head going, what? This is all in the 7 o'clock, between 6 and 7 o'clock today. He followed that tweet about as a very active president with lots of things happening. It is not possible for my surrogates to stand at the podium with perfect accuracy. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. President. I, as a citizen, I would be one of the people who would say to my people who would be my surrogates, you have to be accurate. You can't be inaccurate. Or maybe you can't be a surrogate. So after he tweeted that about the lack of perfect accuracy, the president tweeted maybe one of the most chilling things I've ever heard from a president. Maybe the best thing to do would be to cancel all future press briefings and hand out written responses for the sake of accuracy. Did I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I physically got a chill reading that again. The president of the United States tweeted out this very morning, maybe the best thing to do would be to cancel all future, quote, press briefings and hand out written responses for the sake of accuracy. Are you kidding me? Seriously, sir, are you kidding me? That one, as chilling as that is, because... Uh, as as many people pointed out, the ridiculousness of that statement, including Katie Pavlich, who, if you're not following Katie Pavlich, you should. Katie Pavlich said, uh, written handouts from uh, the White House are not a press briefing. They are propaganda. And I think that's, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I think that's the gist of what she said. And I agree with it wholeheartedly. Again, in this early morning tweet storm from the President of the United States within the last five hours, Donald Trump tweeted, James Comey better hope there are no, quote, tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking to the press. Is, is anyone else thinking that we should be hearing the Godfather music play in the background? You better not hope there are any tapes of our conversation 
before you start leaking to the press. That would not make the Godfather happy. What are you talking about, sir? And when that came out, I actually responded to the president. Can you please raise the bar, sir? You're the president of the United States. You don't threaten people. You don't threaten the guy you just fired. The guy we're going to have to pay off because he had a 10-year term. He continued. The president continued. When James Clapper himself and virtually everyone else with knowledge of the witch hunt says there is no collusion, when does it end? Well, now, you know what? A week ago, or right after James Clapper gave that testimony, which was pretty much just about a week ago, right? Yeah. I could have said, I agree with you, Mr. President, but for all the other crap you just wrote, that you're threatening the FBI director you fired, that you're threatening to stop the press briefings and just hand out a sheet of, of what, talking points? Things we're supposed to follow just blindly? It's not right, sir. And it's certainly not okay, to paraphrase Whitney Houston. This, this to me, is... I voted for you, Mr. President. I voted for you. But now you're coming on like some sort of thug... You're okay. Now I get it. You're the Godfather. Um, Mr. Comey, do me a favor. Before you go flapping your gums, are you quite sure that there are no tapes, no recordings of our conversations in the White House? You know, before you want to leak something to the press, you better make sure that maybe your own words couldn't come back and bite you on the behind. I'm just saying. I wouldn't want you to end up somewhere in the Bronx where you couldn't find your way out. It's happened before. It could happen again. We'll be right back in Pura Pelka. Capiche? You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret here. Um, I kind of panicked yesterday. I panicked because I was down to uh, just two packets of Relief Factor. I take Relief Factor every day. I really do take it. It's uh, an all-natural anti-inflammatory. And they, they come in these packets like four vitamins. And it's fish oil, 
and some natural herbs. And it's designed to all work together to help your body fight against the inflammation that causes chronic pain. And I have, I have bad knees from too much running, too many, too many marathons. And yes, my sister Claire, yes, you were right. I ran a lot. I was going to have sore. I got sore knees until about eight weeks ago when I started taking all natural relief factor. Check it out. Relieffactor.com. Go there. Look at, here's the easy way to start. Three-week quick start package, $19.95. Three-week quick start pack for $19.95. Try it. I'm telling you, most people feel relief between seven and 10 days. But I'm sitting there panicked. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out of relief factor. I'm, I have no relief factor. And I'm looking at that bottle of Advil on the counter. And I'm thinking, I don't want to go back. And then it came today because I had ordered it a couple days ago, trying to time it out. And just as I'm tearing open the last packet of relief factor, the postman comes, bingo, bango, bongo. I've got my, my next supply, so I'm good. And I think you should try it too. There are people who say, I can tie my shoes now. Uh, I can climb into the cab of my truck easier. My carpal tunnel syndrome is going away. Relief factor. What do you have to lose but the pain? Seriously. What do you have to lose? Quick start pack. Three-week quick start pack. 1995. Call them. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Or go to relieffactor.com and get the details there. It's helping me. I hope it helps you. I'm I'm following as much as I can today, not only on the um, the the tweets we were just talking about. Those were the personal tweets from Donald Trump, the ones where he threatened the guy he fired. I, I it's really disturbing to me that the president of the United States would threaten a guy he fired. It makes no sense, sir. It really doesn't make any sense. Nothing at all. So, I, I, I want the president, this is a weekend I would like the president to go and play golf and not tweet a thing. Not tweet a thing. You know, I need to, I need to dip into the not irritating news for a second. We're almost at the halfway point of the show and I, I've asked some of you to participate and uh, share with me the thoughts that that maybe your your mom shared with you as we look forward to Mother's Day on Sunday, and uh, some of the sayings that 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 people people will remember from their mom. My mom talked about family more than anything else, and when we used to go out to play ball. I had two older brothers, and we used to go play baseball in the park. And I was always picked last because I was the runt. And those two were much bigger and, you know, a couple of years older. And a couple of years as a kid is like decades. And my mother would always look my brothers in the eye and say, if you're picking teams and you don't pick your brother, you better not come home. She wasn't quite that stern, but she said family first. Family first. Uh, Rick tweeted our Lucas video. Um, my mom was more actions than sayings. It was not unusual to find her on a swing 
or in a tree. She actually loved playing with her kids. And he included just a a great picture. It looks like a, a throwback picture of his mom playing with a kid on a swing set in a park. Just a great thing. Toby Toby tweeted, uh, I told you a hundred million times not to exaggerate. Yeah, now I understand where some of Toby's tweets come from. So if you have a thought from your mom, share it with me. Share it on Twitter or give us a call. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. We're celebrating our moms today. We'll do a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, so as we dive in and out of the, the news of the day and we try and make sense of what's going on coming out of the White House, we're also remembering moms. And I'd love to hear about yours. We heard about Shamans, and I tell you about my mom all the time. Share your mom. We'll get to Senator Chris Coons and uh, Stephen Colbert and what he's been yammering about just around the corner on Puro Pelican. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are uh, celebrating the week. Here's a story uh, that I wanted to get through, um, get to you just a little bit ago. Last week, actually, early, not last week, but earlier this week, a video was posted that featured people who are protesting Donald Trump. You know, just one of the general protests about Donald Trump, because there is a march du jour pretty much uh, every day. And it's the snowflakes that are out, uh, whether they're in California or New York or down south, there seems to be some sort of protest going on every day. And this one, uh, this one caught a bunch of these social justice warriors with their signs uh, talking about how. Donald Trump has to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, this Donald Trump has got to go. And uh, they were they were asked about Barack Obama because you would you would assume they're either Hillary Clinton fans who are upset about Hillary or they miss the Obama administration. So I'll just give it a little flavor of um, this gentleman asking some of the people at this uh, at this protest um, what they miss about the Obama administration, because it's very telling when people explain to you what it is they miss. Do you guys miss Obama? Fuck yeah. Do you miss Obama? Uh, yeah. At this point, do you like Obama? I do think he is a good guy. Do you miss Obama? A bit, yeah. yeah what, do, what do you like about Obama? Oh, man, the swagger. What's your favorite thing that Obama did? Um... 
What yeah, about his policies? Yeah, no, well, his policies, absolutely. You know, he's, he's such a supportive person. Uh, he was, he was, you could tell, you know, when you, when you see him talking to people, he actually cares, right? He dropped 26,000 bombs on Syria in 2016. Do you like that? He's more relatable uh, in terms of, you know, I think the average person would be able to relate to him much closer, you know, in his background. He had the worst rebound from a recession since World War II. He dropped a lot of bombs on Syria. He did, yeah, you know, and uh, I wasn't keeping track of how many bombs he was dropping, unfortunately. And he printed off a ton of money, and he increased the debt by a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Congress would not. So you have the snowflakes who are only out there for one reason, because they don't have anything else. And I contend that this is mostly because this generation has not connected with humans, that this is a real new experience for them, that everything is in the palm of their smartphone. And so when they get out there and when they're actually confronted with having to formulate an opinion, their entire lack of an opinion or lack of understanding of what's actually happening around them is completely exposed I think this is a good thing if more people keep doing this. If more people go out and ask these folks to please explain what the heck they're doing. Because generally, when we get to this point, they can't. They can't tell us a thing. All they do, all they do is, is stomp their feet. It's the social justice warrior meltdown dance. And... It's, it's not going to end well for them. Seriously, it really is not going to end well. And, you know, when you, when you present it to them and you show them that, uh, that Barack Obama dropped tens of thousands of bombs on Syria and Donald Trump sent a few missiles, right? A handful. And Barack Obama doubled the entire national debt in just eight short years. Oh, well, um, yeah. It's just sad. And yet every time someone asks them a question and plants that little seed in the back of their head, I hope maybe it's going to change. Maybe it's going to bring them around. Then again, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's, it's just so much Bravo Sierra. I, I I try to remain hopeful, but when I have days like this, when I when I see the president, my president, your president, our president, doing what he's doing on Twitter, and giving the kinds of interviews that he gave yesterday, when he when he accused the guy he's firing of showboating and grandstanding, I go back to everything we have said to the left. When you point one finger, there are three pointing right back at you. And this is why I get so distressed about this president. This is why I'm sitting there and say, come on. Come on, man. Are you, are you serious? Because I don't think it's helping. And now you have parts of, parts of his uh, administration and, and respected people who have come out of the White House, people like James Clapper, telling MSNBC that Comey was at the dinner with the president, but was uneasy with it because of the optics. 
now you have stories starting to come out about this. It's This is going to be a very rough patch. And I think one of the ways to get through it, and some of you are really going to be angry with me for this, is to get an independent investigation. And part of my desire for an independent investigation stems from the fact that I would like the House, the Senate, to go back to work. I'm, I didn't elect somebody to go to Washington, D.C. to be an investigator. I elected them to go there to be a legislator, to make sure that we have the, the correct legislation protecting this nation and allowing business to thrive and survive. So that's what I would like. And I would also like the president, if, if we're talking about wishes and making sure wishes come true, I would like the president to kind of get out of the business of insulting the late night comedians. You're only giving him more power, sir. Case in point, Stephen Colbert and last night. The president of the United States has personally come after me and my show. And there's only one thing to say. <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Trump said he was a no-talent guy. Trump, there's a lot you don't understand. But I never thought one of those things would be show business. Don't you know I've been trying for a year to get you to say my name? And you were very restrained, admirably restrained, but now you did it. I won. <laughs> Making jokes about you has been good for ratings. It's almost as if the majority of Americans didn't want you to be president. But you know, you know who's got really bad ratings these days? You do. <laughs> Terrible approval numbers. I hear they're thinking about switching your time slot with Mike Pence. The uh, Colbert camp is the one getting all the benefit of the Trump focus. So I, if I had a wish, if I had a lamp I could rub right now and get at least one wish, not three, but if I had a lamp that I could rub and just get one wish, I would have government go back to work and as a sidebar, put down the Twitter. All of you. It's not helping. And if it's not helping, it's a bad idea, a very bad idea. Just around the corner, next hour, uh, we're expecting uh, a call from Senator Chris Coons of Delaware. Uh, he actually reached out and said, I have a project I want to talk about. And uh, I think it's a project that's bipartisan. It deals with the opioid crisis in America. It's something that I'm very, very, very committed to getting the word out and trying to stop the spiral, the de it's a death spiral. You, you don't even, I don't think any of us really understand just how many people are dying, how many families are being absolutely ripped apart by the opioid crisis in America. More than 32,000 people last year died of, of overdoses and due to complications from their addictions. 32,000. That's more than cars killed people. And I believe it's more than firearms killed people. We have a big problem. And we have to solve it together. And I think uh, Chris wants to talk about it. 
we'll get to that. I also want to I want to grind him a little bit on on getting everybody back to work. We'll deal with that next hour. And then um, I didn't get to that story about the monkeys and the birth control, did I? No, we'll deal with that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. If you were here yesterday and listening to the show, first of all, thank you. Um, It's appreciated. Every day I get to be here and and share my my view of the world with you. I, I so appreciate it. I'm very thankful, very lucky, very blessed. Yesterday at the very end of the show, we had kind of a, a fascinating interview with um, Chef Bruno Abate from Toco Restaurant in Chicago, but he's the guy behind the pizza in prison story in the uh, Cook County Jail in Illinois. And while I had been familiar with the story because we talked about it the day before and I'd actually done my homework on it, and uh, being a native Chicagoan by birth, I'm familiar with Cook County Jail. I, I know what Cook County Jail is and how serious it is. But I learned some amazing things about the program with uh, Chef Abate. And we have just posted on The Blaze on uh, a, 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 sum, a summation of that and a clip of that interview. So I think it would be great if uh, you would you would visit it. If you didn't hear it, if you would check it out. And yes... I pledged in the very near future when we go visit Chicago, because we're due to make a trip there, that I was going to go have lunch in Cook County Jail with the chef. Uh, My wife not so interested in making the little jailhouse visit. And a matter of fact, uh, used some uh, salty language in rejecting my offer to join me and the chef having a pizza lunch (laughs) in jail. That's not happening. Um, coming up next hour, as I mentioned, we're going to talk with, um, with Senator Chris Coons. I also, um, I also have a story I have to share with you. Another one. I I don't know how you're going to feel about it. Um, I want to point you to the video too. If you haven't seen it, the slow motion dive into the trampoline that has a thousand mousetraps on it. It's a great Friday distraction. You'll send it to somebody, but the story out of India is is kind of kind of fascinating, right? India, a lot of folks in India, we all know one of the one of the big countries in the world in population. You know, we're we as America with 330 million, not the biggest country, the biggest economy, yes. Not anywhere near the biggest country. India says they have a monkey problem. They they record at least a thousand people a day with a monkey bite. Now, a monkey bite doesn't sound like fun at all. And if you've seen monkeys, uh, you know they are powerful creatures. And and I, 
I'm very appreciative of their strength and their cunning nature, but I don't want monkeys. I don't want monkeys on planes. I don't want monkeys in the car. I don't want monkeys at the party. I, if you've got a companion animal that's a monkey, good for you, God bless. The only place I want to see a monkey is wearing a cowboy suit, riding a dog at the baseball game tonight in the Cowboy Monkey Rodeo. It's a giant stadium. I don't have to worry about monkeys going crazy and running up into my seat. But India has so many monkeys that in most neighborhoods, these, these troops, as they're called, of these rhesus macaques, the monkeys that climb the walls of apartment buildings, and they're there to um, drink the water in the water tanks on top of the buildings. And they end up messing up the place, snapping off the pipes. But they also bite people. And they also take people's food. So if you're thinking about eating outside in India, you're probably, uh, you're probably a tourist. They're also ravaging the crops in India. India estimates they're losing about $300 million in crop losses because of monkeys. So the answer, monkey condoms, right? No, of course not. But the wildlife business and the wildlife portion of the government in India has come up with a, uh, an injectable contraceptive that they have successfully used on white-tailed deer and wild horses in America. Now, deer in America, on Long Island, for example, they have a huge problem with, with uh, Lyme disease because of the deer ticks. And in the case of India, they're, they're, even though this costs about $100 a dose, they don't know if they can afford it. It lasts a year. And after that, they have to give them all booster shots. So India is going to attempt birth control for monkeys. I guess, I guess the condom idea would be a little too difficult. But they're going to give them injections. A thousand bites a day versus a hundred dollars a dose on these monkeys. We'll keep an eye on this one. I think it's going to get messy. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.